Well, Brent is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Clark is gay, and Adam's gay, and Kaylin's gay. It's homo superior. Issue 166.5, and this is going to be our last .5 issue for a while. Uh, as long-time listeners know, we've been doing this because, uh, during the whole Ten of Swords crossover, where our regular issues is where we go into those chapters uh, of Ten of Swords, and then the .5 issues, we talk about everything else, other comics, other uh, comic news, other movie news, and always uh, our newest favorite segment, Clark's Got Something, watch out. Uh, but our last uh, Ten of Swords, Crossing Swords uh, episode hit this past Friday. Uh, and on Wednesday, we're going to have the Omega issue, where we have our, our friends from the other podcasts, including House of X, uh, X Reads Podcast, Comic Book Queers Legacy, and the Wolverine Podcast that Ghost Nick, talking about the crossover itself. Uh, but uh, on this issue, uh, we're going to start talking about a couple of new things. One is a new segment called Kink in Black. And we're covering, we are covering the new King in Black crossover. Do you get it? King sounds mm -hmm. like kink. Mm -hmm. You don't get it. We'll explain it to you later. Uh, but um, if you've been reading the Donny Cates books in Marvel, you know for the last few years, he's been building up to it. And this is his, the climax, it's the crescendo of everything he's doing. So the first issue of King in Black came out uh, Null shows up on Earth and he's got a bunch of dragons in tow and an amalgamation of heroes, including the Avengers and the X-Men, try to hold him off. But since it's the first issue of the event, they're outmatched, outwitted, and outfoxed, even with convenient Deus, uh, Deus Ex Machina sentry. Uh, Null succeeds in, in covering the Earth with his symbiotes, thereby blocking the sun. He also tells Venom that Dylan is the Brock that he's really looking for, and then he takes back the symbiote and lets Eddie fall to his death. So that's King in Black number one. Uh, Thor number 10 is not quite related to King in Black, but it is going to be leading up to it eventually because Donny Cates is writing that as well. So I'm just going to do a little quick recap and then we're going to talk about both these issues. So in Thor number 10, a strung out looking Donald Blake is back and he is pissed off. He beats the crap out of Beta Ray Bill. Sif, Bullstag, and a bunch of other Asgardians. And then he uses the Bifrost to head to Midgard, and he sends the Asgardians to the Dimension Blood. Meanwhile, Thor is in the suburban hellscape that used to house Blake, and he has a little chat with uh, Gang Gund, a.k.a. the Midgard Serpent. <laughs> Clark is going to correct me on that one. A.k.a. the Midgard, Midgard Ser Serpent, who tells Thor that Donald Blake is the dragon now. Everything Thor loves, Blake is going to burn. And then the issue ends uh, very ominously with Donald surprising an unsuspecting Jane Foster. So let's talk about these two issues. Uh, what do we like? What do we not like? What are we looking forward to, specifically in the King and Black uh, event that just started? Ryan. Obviously, it was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of buildup. Donny Cates has basically just been building this since issue one of Venom. But I am enjoying the start of this crossover. The stakes are very much there. Um, and I like the spotlights that they're doing in the issues currently. Uh, basically, they took out some of our uh, heavy hitters right away 
the one that they thought that was going to like really just put the the things in the on their side in terms of the heroes was bringing out the sentry yeah bob what's his face is the sentry and he is like the most overpowered insane superman type of character inside the marvel universe they throw him out to try to sort of like combat this stuff and he does terribly because he has the most obvious uh problem which is his personality and his personality <laughs> is uh, with de- buried deep beneath it is the void um so he gets taken out pretty quickly and then pretty much the entire marvel universe that's on the earth also gets taken out uh which i i really enjoy the stakes being this high and also storm was featured pretty extensively yeah right yeah and Ryan, right. did you like did you like the fact that it's uh, null and void now? <laughs> Bitch, I do now. That's so good. <laughs> so I like the fact that it, the century being torn century the century being torn apart it mirrors entirely what <gasps> century did to Ares and Ares. Siege. You're yeah. so right. It's exactly the same. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. F- fuck century. Tear them yeah. apart. I don't care. It- he is the worst character, honestly. He's awful, just awful. I also loved that um, uh, that like if the remnants of Empire, uh, like all the ships that were in orbit, all the like the Kree and the Skrull uh, uh, ships that are out there. Tony Stark was going to use that to like as a defensive grid by having them blowing up, like to take the dragons out. I think that was just a really nice bit of continuity. Uh, this is the funniest fucking shit on the planet because to that point, they I'm like. This Earth just survived an entire near cataclysmic event of Empire. And like, it's just like, I don't know how you have a normal life in any of these 616, <laughs> especially now. Like, I know they've written, uh, there was like the series that focused on people watching these heroes and stuff. Was it Marvel's? But like, yeah. I just find it so funny that I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, can these people catch a break? I, I did. <laughs> on the Adam- podcast. What? Have you lived through 2020? Can that's, you catch yeah, a actually, you know break? what? That's, that's super funny. This is the most fitting uh, sequencing of crossovers and events to occur on at 616 uh, during 2020. Um, I was going to say the other plus side that I like about this is that there was an actual reason to for Null to literally come to one major city and for everyone to aggregate there because he's coming after something as yeah. opposed to just like, with um, whatever, I always fuck it up. The War of Realms, where like they're like, yeah, sure, this is good enough. Or like, there's always that reason that like the U.S. cities, especially on the coast, have to be the location that the villain comes to. Yeah, they're um, always like, should I just land in New York City? That seems right, <laughs> right? Yeah. So because yeah. it, it, it wasn't a show. It wasn't until like I I thought through it, especially. I mean, like I kind of knew that reveal obviously was coming that he was going after the sun. But it went, like, I just kind of was like, oh, right, of course, like, they have to come there. That's the main epicenter of what Null wants, as opposed to, I'm going to take over Earth, so I'm going to land directly on this city that is very UX-centric and people just know uh, across the universe. Um, but I, I liked it. I think that there was, uh, again, a lot of good buildup to this. So it, it feels good that they're just, like, immediately in plan of action mode. Um, I'm excited. I'm a little worried because it's only a five. Is it five issues? I think five, like real yes. core issues, yeah. and I get a little terrified. But I also don't think there's like a ton to this story. Like it's 
it's mostly hopefully, I mean, it's gonna be a Venom story, obviously, like, and mostly other people are gonna be filling out the world. So I don't see the major need to drag this out, essentially. Clark? Did everyone like um, Elderly Cable? Yes. Yeah, right? Why was he there? Tell me that, why. Because. Tell me why. What the fuck was that? That the, made me so it, mad. It, it was the illustrator fucking up. Oh my it made God. Me, it made me so mad. I just, maybe he was wearing padding or something. <laughs> Wait, what it was, page it was, on? I missed it. It, it was, it was uh, class. We're on page thirteen. It was editors not paying attention, is what it, it was. It's just it, that it's it's a great. I mean, it's good, good artwork, but it it's, they just yeah. drew the old cable. I it, like it, totally it, lost track of everything when that it, happened. It pissed me off so 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 much, and it oh, took me right. out of the story. And it's ah, oh, it's so annoying. It's I will so say. On the plus side, I love that the X-Men are even being featured and also yeah. have colors there. But that's their new status quo that we learn from uh, whatever crossover we just did. And uh, <laughs> for 22 weeks or whatever it is. And it, I'm glad that they're participating. And I'm glad that Storm, once again, is taking a, like, a centerpiece figure in this. Kayla. So a couple things. One, I reread all of Venom. Uh, because you know what the hell am I doing else with my time all of Venom as well as Silver Surfer uh, Black leading up to this because of you know all the buildup, and you know there were some ebbs and flows in Venom as we were yeah. reading it e even the absolute carnage uh, big right. crossover from like a year year, uh, year and a half ago but man Donny Cates you son of a bitch you pulled it off because it is such a nice build and all the many like arcs in Venom really lead up to this. Like this feels properly epic. Yeah. Properly epic. And two things also, I want to just mention, I love that the X-Men are in there as well. I love that Storm was featured because Thor isn't there. Right. Donny Cates is writing Thor and like Thor is off in, you know, that fucking yeah. pocket dimension right now. So he can't show up. And I like that little bit of continuity. So I think that's really clever. Ryan? I I enjoy this issue. Uh, I don't understand why they couldn't maybe use Dylan in a better way. Like just locking him in a closet in the basement seems so weird because he can maybe actively control Noel and all of like all of like the venoms. Like so, it, it makes no sense that he would be completely sidelined. I, know, I, I I get it because you're like, we're not going to subject the youth to this, but also literally the world could end and we're still going to be like, he's yeah, too yeah. young. He is too young to do this. And you're like, well, is he too young to be dead too? I'm, the, the, the world is about to explode. You know I'm I mean? so nihilistic. I want an issue three. Like finally, they're just like, Dylan, you can do this. You go. And then Null kills Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm in for that. No, yeah. Dylan's too good a character. I know. No, I do out. like. I, I mean, he's great. He really is great for the overall story. I, I, I already think that they're building to, uh, what's his face to die in this. Not, Di but like, and Dylan take over the mantle of Venom afterwards. A child <laughs> Venom. Uh, yeah, if you can imagine, and then he joins Young Avengers or whatever the fuck it is later. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think we're gonna build to that at some point. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about Thor number 10? Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. What did y'all think? 
I fucking love it. I really like this sort of prey storyline. I don't know that much about Donald Blake. I was never a big pre-reader of Thor, um, but I just, oh, he, he reminds me, I feel like I say this all the time and maybe it's just because all of these storylines are very like interweaving comedy and seriousness. Like he reminds me of the, um, well, actually him and Null kind of combined remind me of the, I forget what his name is, but in Fables, there's like the second arc of Fables is like that, Oh weird shit! Black mystery man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot like, like that. that. Where it's like, yeah. just Mr. Dark. Shadow. Is that his name? Mr. Dark. Yeah. Mr. Dark. Mr. Dark. Someone so unassuming. With so, that's why I think about like with with this kid with Donald Blake because I'm like he's so unassuming, but like just he just exudes a lot of power, has a lot of great dialogue. Like you're terrified of this person because it's like such a great introduction for these past two like the issues combined that we've seen so far of this storyline. I'm just I just in love with it. I liked everything that happened so far, Kalen. Um, since Brent isn't on here, I'm going to have to like uh, channel his love of Miracle Man. And I like Miracle Man a lot too, but there's a lot uh, of elements from that mm -hmm. in this, especially with um, uh, the Midgard Serpent calling him, he is now the dragon. That is very like kid Miracle Man, like when he like breaks bad and right. like some of the early arcs of, uh, of Miracle Man there. Um, clearly, Cates is a fan of Alan Moore, but isn't doing what Jeff Johns does by just like completely aping his work. He's doing his own kind of like spin on certain things that he enjoys. Clark? Donald Blake up until this point to me has been a mistake to ever exist. Just a waste of space, boring as hell, which is why they kept throwing him out and getting rid of him because it just didn't make sense for what Thor became. And this is the first time I've read of Donald Blake that I've actually enjoyed what they've done with him and just by literally ripping him apart and making him fucking crazy I actually liked it I would Fine. agree because I I think this feels like what Thor was before Thor became a movie star in the MCU so yeah. like this feels in the same universe of what Thor and all his supporting cast was and his alter ego of Donald Blake. Like this feels like what it was before he became a goddamn movie star. Like it, it's, it was very interesting to read because they're really leaning into the supporting cast in such a nice way that like, just because it's a uh, solo book, it, sometimes we forget that like the supporting cast is, needs to be just as strong or just mm -hmm. as powerful or so many different things. And I love what, Donny Gates is doing with Thor in this series because it feels so fleshed out and the entire Asgard feels uh, like a, a world that you can actually identify with. Which I I would... It seems like a world that hasn't been destroyed a billion times. Right. Correct, <laughs> yeah. It, se it seems like maybe they weren't murdered a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, I, I will say Dan Donny Gates loves ripping people's uh, bodies away from their regular bodies because he and did it in half, and also like in half constantly yeah. ripping out powers from people all the time <laughs> it's a great image it looks very cool every time it's drawn but it's yeah, like yeah. every issue it's like next, like the finale is gonna have like 17 people having their powers ripped out of them well you know it's gonna end with everyone's gonna be a venom and then He's gonna rip all the venoms away from someone. You know that's gonna happen. Oh my! Oh my God! If Sorry King, for spoilers, but it's I was gonna, gonna say if King in Black ends with them opening that pocket dimension, or not pocket, but they had alternate reality where there's all venoms and they flood in, I'm gonna be like, all right, sign me out. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> 
Bitch, that storyline was actually really good, like rereading it. Like it was actually very entertaining. I, I, I just I just mean what I don't want is just what happened in uh Ten of Swords. I don't want a flood of like I don't need another cavalry of venom showing up to stop. That's gonna happen. You just better get used to it. Accept it now so you won't be disappointed later. King of so, the all right, let's so that was Kink in Black. And now we have a, another new segment that we're going to be doing for the next several months. So Ryan, you want to take us away? I'd love to. Uh, so the X-Men are in a new day. And so they are, they are coming out from the crossover and they are coming stronger, much like Lady Gaga's new album, Chromatica. <laughs> so we are entitling this next one, Rain on X. And so we of X, rain of X. It's all the same. Who cares? And then so we will be covering this week Hellions number seven, X Factor number five. I want to get into the mental leaps it took you to get to Lady Gaga. Right on it's very much there. I I was like plotting things in my it was like a red string in my brain. Like like, figure out stuff. And honestly, if you've seen the video for stupid love, she's dressed like a 90s era X-Men. She just is. (laughs) There you go. Um, uh, with that said, so, okay, so what did you guys think of, let's just go into both of them, Hellions number seven and X Factor number five. So we're dealing with the, basically all, all the stuff that happened outside of the crossover. So in terms of Hellions, his entire, Sinister's entire team has been annihilated. And then in X Factor, uh, number five, we're talking about how basically this show, this issue and none of the ones before were developed whatsoever. And so somehow they went into a crossover and now we're back to what we were talking about before. So basically we're going back to Wind Dancer being murdered on camera. With that said, what do you guys think? So um, Hellions is just, it's just one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I loved, um, right you know, like how Sinister was prepping for his Oscar reel like imploring the white council yeah you gotta you gotta bring him back you gotta bring him back um i love even the the cover art even the cover art of him oh so good (laughs) it's so stupid this is like meryl streep in like sophie's choice you know nonsense but Mm -hmm. i loved um i loved the explanation of both wild child and nanny not because they died in Araco, not Otherworld, uh, that they didn't come back like Rockslide did, which we'll get into in X Factor, but they came back like more like focused, which is kind of <laughs> creepy. Cause like, and like Nanny looks so fucking sinister. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I loved that like it, it's the proper continuation of what happened. Like they can't bring back Orphan Maker until he gets the armor and like Nanny has the armor on her ship, which belongs to the right and Cameron yeah. Hodge. I can't remember when the last time I saw them, Clark, you probably remember. Uh, and I also while. love that um, in, in, in three panels, it made fallen angels like worthwhile. Yeah, no, exactly. All that shit. I was like, okay, this wasn't a waste of my goddamn time. Like yes. this makes a lot of sense now. Why Psylocke is, what she is doing on this team and like being subservient to sinister like um it's like it, it it's so consistently good it makes sense it's funny the art is wonderful it is such a good book ryan i love that uh first and foremost you know nanny is gonna go crazy because orphan maker is not around 
So mm-hmm. she's going to be working extra hard to try to get him back. Uh, with that said, the way that they're the most themselves is basically they just look a little bit more 90s and I like that. And um, <laughs> so like uh, like Nanny has like a flouncier sort of glove on and like a widow's peak and like red eyes, but like still looks ridiculous. And, yeah. and, and, and Wild Child just grew up a few years. Like it, right. it, makes, no, it, it makes no sense and I love that. No. It's wild a, Child I, took off her glasses and like, you know, oh, we realized how beautiful No, were, I know. I'm like, Wild Child's hot now. You were beautiful the whole time. Yeah, right. it's, a lot, it's a lot like that. But, um, but it, the idea of this is so funny because I go back to one of the worst crossovers that we've ever seen, which is, what was it called? Uh, Axis Access. of, Access of, not, what was it called? That Ax- stupid, just Axis. It was, it was just Axis. Well, I wish they gave it a better name and a better storyline because it was so bad and it was like they tried to pivot them in a way and like they've done it better in this one series than that entire crossover. For sure. Like it's it, it, it's mind-boggling. I, we're yeah. I we're still dealing with I, Axis at the moment with, with um, Havoc. Yeah. True, That's yeah. where all that yeah. came from. Yeah. They really dragged out that sort of like underdog storyline for half, which is fine. Like I'm sure it'll. It seems like they're building up to something nice. And I think I it's a good fit for the team. I love that he hates it. That he's like, yeah. I'm an X Men. Can't I just be on the X Men? And they're like, no, no, shut up. Yeah. I do like his interactions with Emma. I find that very interesting. Yeah. That she's the True. one that he has to deal with because I've never really. I guess there was that horrible was it Milligan's run where they were on the same team. Yeah. But yeah. Since yeah. then, I haven't really seen them. But they barely interacted in that run, honestly. She never hangs out with her ex-boyfriend's brother. Yeah. My favorite part about this issue was when they were like, we knew that the ship was at the right, but then when we knew that all Nanny did with it was steal steal babies, we didn't go get it. Like, (laughs) that's so great. It's just so ridiculous and stupid. I love it. It was, I mean, it's not wrong. (laughs) Kaylin. I'm trying to, I, I honestly do, uh, I'm trying to remember when we last saw Cameron Hodge in the raid, because like, I, I don't remember them after, I don't remember Cameron Hodge after Executioner's song, which was like 30 years ago. No, 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 no. He, he showed up a couple times, but he was in a crossover at some yeah, point. Yeah, Jenna, and he was in the most, re- like the Messiah combo, all those, the three. The yes, three and he showed oh, up yeah, yeah, yeah. robotic, yeah. and then yes. I think, I think Doug, I think Doug basically was like, yeah, you're stupid and like yeah he was like stuff. mentally because he was i think along with because what bastion was controlling everybody but he along with bastion were sort of orchestrating it yeah he was he's definitely turned back into a regular looking like human being because i thought he was like he still looked very creepy i think because i recently reread all those crossovers um poor clive poor clive you know clive the ship yeah, that's I was like, who are you talking about? You don't know Clyde? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was Magneto's love... little robot friend that Brent loved? Oh, oh that was Fer- Ferris? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Clive is the yeah. poor man's Ferris. That's what I thought. Yeah. I just, just that one whole fight done. sequence was so great where, you know, like, again, great dialogue, great art. Like, watching Sinister scream while his thing blew up. Like, it's just all, everything just works so seamlessly in this title. Yeah. I, I love it. Zebel All right, now let's is talk amazing. About, yep. Let's, let's go on to X, X Factor number five. Let's change yeah. everything we said. <laughs> X Factor. Yeah. Uh, well, let's Oof. start with what we, what do we like about it? Okay, I would like to start then. Um, yes. 
because I know these others won't like it. Some of, <laughs> some of the writing is just okay, but I do like the acknowledgement that we've gotten. So right before the crossover of uh, X of Swords, we, we did get Wind Dancer going through this ordeal and blah, blah, blah. So right out of the gate, we know what happens to her and we see her revived and resurrected. And I really appreciate that. And we get a lot of callbacks to the X-Men past in terms of like Wind Dancer being reborn. So we see the rest of the new, new mutants and the new X-Men being reborn as well. And they are surrounded by her. And as someone who loved the new, new mutants, new X-Men run, I really appreciated those nods. Even the nod of Emma Frost, who was a teacher at the time, and Danny Moonstar being a teacher at the time, they acknowledged this time frame in X-Men history. So right. we have to acknowledge that they pay tribute to those fans. And yes, they, res- I, I, they even resurrected stupid ass Jay Gunthry, which no one cares about. You know what I mean? Like no one gave a shit about. He just played a guitar and had red wings. No one gave a shit. But they, they acknowledged that pass. With that said, it was just an okay issue. I think I think they did a good job of acknowledging what came before and maybe looking to the future. Wait, Kalen, are you gonna tag in on good? Because I, I do wanna do good. Okay. I wanna Let's do I good wanna first. do good as well. Okay. I was gonna do good. Yeah, right. go for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go into negative stuff. I will say I, I'm intrigued with what they're doing with Rock Slide. Um I I, mm-hmm. I think I think, yeah, like I, I it was general, genuinely touching when you saw him like just marvel at the Aurora Borealis this time of year, localized in your kitchen, you know? Um, but like, I think that was really cool. I liked Rachel's explanation of him, of her trying to go into his mind yep. of like, when you see the, like, the, the film reels and they have nothing to hook to, it's just like sort of sputtering about. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I really like that analogy a lot. Um, and I, I enjoy the art. Um, I think um, it's like beautifully cartoony, but it it's, uh, tells a story really well. Um, I don't know. It's just like the art in general on of all the, the X books have been great. And this is no exception. So I, I think- I was going to yeah. say, I, I really like the Danny uh, and Emma conversation. Like, I think I completely agree with you, Ryan. I thought that was really nice for them to kind of connect the dots and bring that back, especially not being a super reader of a lot of, New X Men stuff. I just, I just enjoyed that, and I was like, you know, again, it was uh, there was all bits and pieces of this I liked, um, and so I, I think I, the biggest thing that I'm kind of flipping into more like, eh, I don't necessarily get Dawkins' relationship. Like, I don't think that's written really well, um, and it's funny because Kaylin, like, I, I agree with you. I think the art is absolutely beautiful. For some reason, my brain can't connect it that well with like the rest of the X titles. Because it just feels like off for a, the, this series of X books, like all the other art is just very similar. It feels a little bit more aligned and this is just off. I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's beautiful, but I was uh, like, we were talking about on our Slack channel. I was like, I feel like I used to read a lot of cliffhanger um, published comics. And I don't know like if the artists are anywhere near or compare, but like, it feels a lot like that. And I, maybe that's why my brain is like connecting the dots to it. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't have any real negatives around this. It just didn't hit, it doesn't hit as hard as the rest of them. But I certainly don't have a, like, a negative opinion, a stressed out opinion about it like I do Excalibur. But I think, Clark, you have probably a lot to say. So why don't you tell us about how you feel? For, 
things that I've wanted to happen for years, this didn't affect me emotionally in the least. Okay. Like the fact that Emma shows up and says her spiel, I felt like I should love, but it just felt ham-fisted and stupid. Every single line that's written here sounds like the same person is saying it. Like yes. every yep. voice is the that's same fair. voice. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on at the near beginning, right before with, with um, Prodigy and Elixir, just jabbering on about, I need to check it out. I need to take a breather, blah, blah, blah. No one, I, I was bewildered by everything that happened in this. That, I, Clark, I think you're nailing it on the head about like what about the, like, it's not that any of the writing is necessarily bad or that a lot of the plot points and general conversations, they all make sense mostly. I think you're exactly right where it, it all sounds like the same person. That's the most like, Stress, stressful thing but that's the thing that takes me out of the moment whereas a lot of these other books like hellions you know exactly who's saying what when you you could even you don't have to see the yeah. panel you could just read the dialogue and be like oh i bet that's blank mm -hmm. uh kayla yeah i actually think this is going to turn into the next excalibur for me like a lot of characters and concepts i generally like but the execution falls flat and it makes me really sad because both leah williams and teeny howard are like two of the queer like writers on these x-books uh um vita al is going to come on new mutants and i think they're going to be great based on the one issue of marauders that we read when mm -hmm. uh, storm stole the um, skybreaker yes. from wakanda uh that was a great issue but it's like uh, like i want them like i want more representation in in marvel books and comics in general and the x-books for sure and we're getting that i think that's awesome but like please can these just be a, a little bit better? Can we get to a point where the execution matches like the vision in yeah. these writers' head? Because I know it's there. I know it's there. It's just like oh, the dialogue's a little off. The storytelling's a little off. Like it's just it's just a little frustrating because you you can't just shit on it. It's just it's just it's it's just mediocre at times. And like that's I think the worst criticism you can give anything, Ryan. It's. It's that, oh, is someone making popcorn? I hear beeping. Um, uh, is, uh, I, there are a couple moments that should have hit harder, but I want to spotlight them because they are big moments for me as a big fan of X-Men. So Bling and Mercury making oh, out. Oh, yeah, I like that. That was a cool moment that I think could have had better commentary. Um Oh, yeah. that it's lesbians <laughs> yeah and also queer hello and uh a dazzler reference of a kid that can attune to music and he his powers turn like there's a there's a couple things and just the entire new x-men cast being there for when wind dancer comes out was should have hit harder a little yeah. bit but I still like that it happened. Yeah. And um, I, I remember j just a couple of years ago before Hawks and Pox, it, it, it felt like this was the X-Men a lot of the times where like the, the, the moments just weren't hitting hard. But, yeah. I do, but I, I'm glad that they're at least acknowledging these points. So hopefully, and maybe even through this writer that they can do it better maybe later on. Because yeah. I... I'm glad that they are happening, these points. You know what I mean? Because they are big in, in terms of like the lore of X-Men in general. I, I will it, say one of the things I liked, not because of the pun, but I liked Hellion saying to Windancer, you look good in goo. Because it just made <laughs> yeah. me think of semen. 
Also, you could basically see her vagina in that goo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, that was like a... Fu- I That's was like, why he said you look good in goo. Can you... Wow, this is like an MA rating. Like it was like intense. I love. I it. mean, that's that sounds like what Hilly would say. I get it. I get it. And he had his that real was in hands. The correct voice. He had his real hands. Did you notice that? Oh yeah. They weren't well, robots. Probably hands. purposely died so he could get his hands back. Yeah, or an artist's mistake. So um, I feel like this is a pretty good start in general to rain of x uh but um you know um. clearly hellions is yeah no of it's not even a preposition it's a whatever of is um but um hellions hellions of course like was phenomenal x factor um disappointing but with some promising moments uh i'm very excited to see what's gonna come out next week including sword number one um yes. uh, like i am very thrilled about that adam one small bullet point I'll put on the plus side for X Factor is that uh, Adam X was in it, and I didn't want to just uh, throw my phone into a wall. So they did a That's great true. job with them. And it's a good <laughs> prelude to like knowing what his backstory is with the summer stories that we're going to get at some point. So right. Holler, yeah. I don't actually care about that at all. I mean, I'm glad he was there because Adam X, whatever. But like the that one shot that's supposed to come out, I think is. Um, it's supposed to be canonical, but not really. Like, I don't know. Like, the whole thing just seems kind of dumb. So it's written but, by Rob Layfield. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All of these are canonical. Uh, you mean those one-shots? Yeah. The whole ser- that whole series is going to be canon- canonical. Uh, and I'm okay, assuming well. the reason he- that Hickman has green-lighted them to do each one of these means they're going to use it later. I believe it when I see it. That's yeah. very true. Moving on. Moving on, so <gasps> it's news flash. We've got a couple of cool items. First up, um, Elliot Page comes out as trans. Yay, Elliot Page. Uh, Elliot, formerly known as Ellen hey. Page, uh, has been in a lot of movies that we love, uh, including Inception, uh, X-Men 3, X-Men United, which was not a good movie, but uh, was great as Kitty Pride. And also, most recently, in Umbrella Academy, um, uh, just really exciting um, that uh, he was brave enough to come out uh, and really just really happy about that. Woo! A um, little bit of uh, additional news. Uh, Hawkeye, which is going to be a, another Disney Plus show uh, set in, in the MCU. Um, we knew it was going to have Haley Stanfield and Jeremy Renner. Uh, Jeremy Renner's uh, Hawkeye training Haley Stanfield's next generation Hawkeye. Uh, we knew that. But we found out are some new cast members uh, that are going to be uh, scattered throughout the show, including uh, uh, Vera Farmiga. Is it Farmiga? Yeah, Farmiga. Far- yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Farmiga. yeah. That, that Farmiga. woman like, from Conjuring. Like That's yeah. all you need to remember. <laughs> and up in the and up in the air. She was very good in that movie. Uh, Florence Pugh, uh, Fra Fee, Tony Dalton, Alakwa Cox, and Zan uh, Zan McLarnon. McLarnon? McLarnon. Are also going to be in the series. So Florence Pugh, as we know, is going to be the next Black Widow. Yelena, uh, that's good. She's going to be introduced Yelova. whenever, uh, Yelena. whenever, uh, Yel- what? Yelena Belova. Yelena Ooh, Belova. Our resident Russian. <laughs> I love it. Well, he's usually Russian to get another glass no, of no, wine. No, 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 oh. no, no. Keep going. <laughs> um, 
but like it's exciting that she's going to be in it like uh eventually she's going to get introduced whenever the black widow movie comes out who the hell knows uh but the really exciting bit of news is uh alakwa cox is going to be playing echo which i had no idea that echo was going to be in oh, cool. the uh in this at all and uh from our last episode we remember that like uh when we did the indigenous voices one shot echo was the first storyline she is the deaf Native American ninja type character introduced in Daredevil. Uh, so, 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 so excited about that. Ryan? This is so exciting because you know they're investing so much time and star power in these Disney Plus shows. So to have a, the, second, the second generation of Black Widow and Echo, which is a very prominent, uh, like you said, Daredevil character, but also a new Avengers character that was Ronin, which was uh, basically the alternate persona of what Hawkeye was at some times, including yeah. Av Avengers Endgame. So like, this is huge. It means like they're doing an all-star cast for this. This is so exciting. It means they're investing so much time, effort, star, it, it, it's so exciting. This is such good news. It feels like every single Disney Plus is going to be a mini movie, like they said all those months ago. So it's it, it's just very exciting. Why? And Echo Echo having representation and also being of that representation is just so cool. I'm so excited, so so excited for this series now. Yeah, there. I mean, what I really like is that each of these people are like known characters in the MCU. It's not like they decided to just cast a bunch of new like rich like rich actor like famous actors to just do random people they wrote for the show so mm -hmm. it's like there's a good history to write from and a good thing to pull from but they're also not like that well known that you have to write it and play it out exactly the same um so i'm really excited and, and i think you're exactly right ryan like um i don't we have we i'm sure it's come up maybe i want to think have been off but like i think this idea of these shows being also mini series like it's not like there's a guarantee that all these will and then i don't think they're they i think the reason they're getting so much star power is because it's unlikely that they'll just have season two of like these types of shows. So they're really mini series. And I know that that's what hits big for allowing actors and actresses to really sign on. Cause then they don't have to be obligated to do more unless they want to, like, obviously they want to probably show up in movies or do more crossover, but it's like, I think everyone just sees obviously the fucking like monstrous money machine that is the MCU and Disney can afford it. Whereas like, if it was, if you know, if it was just Marvel still producing this stuff, I don't think there's any way they could have even held that all together. Uh, right. May I continue with the news? Would you guys be okay? No, I, I was going to say oh. that um, Swordsman <laughs> is also going to be in this. Right. Yeah, yeah that's right. As well. Yeah, Jack Dunst. What was really funny, by the way, is I saw Tony, Tony Dalton, and I thought it was Timothy Dalton, and I was like, he's going to do what now? And then I was like, oh, wait, never mind. Wrong person. Timothy Chalamet from, yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so with that all said, um, so we also, so a big campaign happened this, uh, this week because Daredevil's rights went officially back to the MCU to back to Marvel. So, so basically they own Daredevil. A lot of backs. Uh, back, 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 back again, baby. And be, so Daredevil is back. And this is alluding to the Defenders eventually all being back as well. Do we think there's a big slogan going on like Daredevil may be in Spider-Man representing him as a lawyer 
there's a lot of rumors swirling about that, which would be really cool. Hmm. Uh, but do you do we think that he could be in other movies? Do we think he would be in a Disney Plus series? Do we think he would be in Defenders? What do you all think? Kaylin. As much as I love Chris Cox, and I thought think his re- Charlie uh, portrayal Cox. of Dar- Char- Charlie Cox. What did I call him? Chris Cox. Chris Cox, Charlie Cox. I think I thought probably a porn star's name. <laughs> probably, yeah. C O C O C K S. Yeah, that Cox. Uh, uh, his portrayal of Daredevil was fantastic. I thought the third season of that show was phenomenal. Um, it was so so good. But I think Marvel is going to want to have a clean break with all the Netflix stuff. Yeah. Uh, even if they, if they bring in Daredevil at all, they'll recast him, I think. I don't think they'll have Charlie at all. I think it'll just be like, this is two separate things. They even have, remember they recast uh, Blade with uh, Marshall Ali. So, uh, um, there you yeah, go. but he wasn't, but but like <laughs> Wesley Snipes Blade was not like, the the Defenders TV <laughs> show took place at the MCU. Uh, Did you? Did you find? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, no, no. You're saying the actor. First and foremost, first and foremost, (laughs) Charlie Cox might actually come back because there is a big fan outcry for it, and there's a lot of rumors swirling that they're talking to those four actors that were in the Defender. So it could possibly happen, but this is all speculation. Obviously, we're not. We don't have anything. With that said, Christopher William Cox is an American lobbyist and public relations <laughs> consultant from, from April 2002 to June 2019. He served as a chief lobbyist and principal political strategist. Are you doxing? Are you doxing some rando? Right. That so I just here's what I found. I think it's a different Chris Cox. It's a sex on Tuesday columnist Chris Cox says, Perfect. fucking a hot white guy is supposed to be a sexual accomplishment after all. So I begrudgingly obeyed his order, shoving the length of his miniature Kevin Neal down my esophagus to barely scrape my console. What? I don't know what wow. that is or where it came from, but that's what I found. Okay, what here's what, wait, here's what I found. Deborah Cox is a Canadian singer, songwriter, <laughs> actress, and actress. <laughs> She's born and raised in Toronto, where she began performing on television commercials at age I'm 12. sorry, but Pride was canceled this year, so, it, like, <laughs> how would we know that Deborah Cox even exists? It's like if a tree falls in the forest, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, Kaylin, how did you get here? You're not even supposed to be here. Uh, <laughs> and with that... <laughs> Let's defend our next piece of news, which Adam will take away. Go. Yeah, sure. So uh, DC's roster of original graphic novels is like a big thing they've continued to keep growing out. And we've got a upcoming graphic novel called I Am Not Starfire, which is written by uh, Mariko Tamaki and illustrated by Yoshi Yoshitani. And so it was actually announced back in 2019 but uh, it's going to be, get this, following Mandy, the daughter of Starfire, as she tries to forge her own path. Um, if you take one look at the uh, front cover artwork and sort of read a little bit about what's going on in the storyline, you can tell that this is a very big focus on a uh, mother-daughter relationship where you are living in your mother's shadow um, and really trying to measure up to what seems like and looks like a pinnacle of, I think, what you'd consider a stereotypically female perfection. Uh, Ryan, you know what that's all about. So could you talk a little bit about your feelings about this? I truly am female perfection. I I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) With that said, um, on this clickbait article that you clicked on, what really drew it to you? 
Honestly, what, what what was the what was the thing that you were really? He's gonna have about? a goth daughter. I just love I love <laughs> the, the juxt- yeah I just love the juxtaposition. I think it's so fun. I think it's a really smart play, and I think it's gonna mean a lot of, to a lot of people in terms of representation. Because I mean that I, again that story exists throughout movies, throughout TV shows, and just in real life as well. Um, only so. in the nineties. Only in the nineties, though. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, hey, the craft is. Well, they're doing a remake of The Craft, or didn't it already come out? It already came out. Um, it yeah. uh, the Craft. The Craft, yeah. <laughs> the Craft. Um, I just want to know, uh, why is Starfire's daughter Beth Ditto from The Gossip? Because right? That's exactly no. Oh, my she God, looks like. that's fantastic. That's spot on. A thousand. I think with that, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we leave the biggest news for last, I guess. So... <laughs> <laughs> what's true warner brothers has decided to premiere every single one of their 2021 movies on hbo max at the same time they do it in the movie theaters so basically this is the um the end of movie theaters period this is the moment where That's it just so totally j- jumps the shark right. um so so only for the first month will it be on hbo max and then they'll get rid of it they'll take the show away so that then you can watch it in the movie theater even though by that point everyone will have seen an HBO right. Max. Um, movies that are being included are everything. Uh, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, The Conjuring, and The Heights, Space Jam, Suicide Squad, Dune, wow. and The Matrix. So like, it, it's, their movie theaters aren't going to be it's... a thing. It's... Kaylin, talk I about think... this, please. <laughs> Oh, I had a question. Is um is the Batman part of that too, or are they going to keep it? It's not listed because it's not twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. Com- I thought it was coming out in twenty twenty one. Is it twenty twenty two? Everything's been pushed COVID. Everywhere. Yeah. So COVID. Yeah. Do do do. I mean, okay. They're would saying you... though, thus far, it's just twenty twenty one, but it's not. Would you Would you guys still be? Once everything's free and clear, there's a vaccine. We are allowed to go out in public and I see would each totally other. Go back. I, yeah. yeah. I, I miss that experience. So I hope this doesn't deter people. There is, later. there is no comparison for like a date night or a friend's night to go like go out to the theater and have I, that experience. It's just so different that like, I, you know, I, I, we were joking about with Wonder Woman coming out for Christmas. Like that's going to be fun. But like, yeah. I don't want to make appointment television or like create my own appointment television mm-hmm. to watch these big blockbuster, and that's, it's actually hugely bad for even the movies themselves because people are not connecting with this content because it's not time bound anymore or like this yeah. big release. Like it's, I think people are just getting overwhelmed and confused by even what's available, Kalen. Yeah, I think um, that once, you know, we get past this, there is a vaccine, you know, we feel like we've got herd immunity, like we can be in public. There's gonna be this desire to be away from home. Yeah. Like I, like, Obviously, like I, I'm very extroverted, and like you know, being at home for the last nine months is it's been fine. But like, once I can go back out again and be in the public, that's all I'm gonna want to do: movie theaters, bars, concerts, uh, vacations, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, I think there can be a resurgence of these sort of shared moments. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I don't think they're going away. They're just going away for a little while. Yeah. If they get well, I mean, as long as movie theaters can prevent their overall economically, benefit. yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to make money. Yeah, in 2021. They, they, no, it'll 
Yeah, they won't. They, It'll they, just be... they, they might turn into like venue spaces that are only rented out for certain times and stuff like that. So like it has to be group yeah. parties and Fathom stuff like events. that. Fathom events. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Yeah. Concerts. I don't know. Well, and like, I yeah, I just don't know. It's going to be such a juggling of the pocketbooks more than it is like, I know. It's it's such a shame. It's all it is is an economic rebound because you're right. The demand from customers is going to be there. But like, you know, what's funny is like if they did close, it's not like any anyone would magically just move into those theater spaces like nobody would want them. The amount of construction work. Uh, Well, uh, the Supreme Court, it says the churches could go there now. (gasps) Okay, literally in my hometown, when one of my movie theaters closed down, it turned into a church. And oh, so God. it still looks like a goddamn movie theater. <laughs> There's like a weird concession. And, and they're like, that's the front desk. And I'm like, that is where I buy popcorn. Oh, How my bitch. God. Bitch, like the, uh, um, where bitch. I went to go see, where I graduated from high school, my, gradu- my actual graduation, where I would see the Houston Rockets play basketball, where I went to go see Depeche Mode play is now the Lakewood Church. That giant Joel Osteen oh, motherfucker oh. mega church, which Ooh. is crazy to think about. It's crazy. Oh my god. Well, Clark, I think you got something, and we should be watching out. So why don't you take it away? So I was thinking because I didn't really think about this till I woke up from a nap at like four thirty. Um, since the news came out about this HBO Max thing and the fact that it's not going to be great for movie theaters if. Each one of us could come up with a um, one of our favorite memories from movie theater going days. Aww. So mine was like in like 2002. It was I don't know. Soon after, one of my crazy boyfriends got all fucked up and nuts, and so I didn't see him anymore. Um, my friends and I went to that theater. What's that theater called? I remember that small one that was where a Florida Avenue and Connecticut meet. That became like a flywheel or whatever. Oh, yes, I know oh. that. Yeah, I know what you're oh, talking shit. about. I know what the yeah, ticket yeah. was, yeah. Anyways, that yeah. strange-ass one would just show weird movies all the time. We went to, my friends and I went to a midnight showing of uh, Donnie Darko, as my friend group is basically Ooh. about time travels and murderous rabbits and stuff. <laughs> so anyways, there was like a weird intermission, I guess, in the middle of it. So this guy and I kept looking at each other. He had two girlfriends. I had two girlfriends, and we went back in for the second half. And then afterwards, it was like 10 minutes of just two groups not like trying to leave but not wanting to leave because both he and I wanted to talk but we never did so finally both groups kind of like walk left to sit walk left at the same time and he kindly came up behind me and gave me his business card which I still have and he's still the best boyfriend I ever had which was fucking what 2002 so it has been 33 years since I last had a good boyfriend all right well Ryan Wait, what a wait, memory! Wait, what a nice memory to cherish. Yeah. Would Would you like to plug uh, which dating apps you're on before we I go into my memory? I mean, it quick? doesn't matter right now because I'm not anywhere where I'm going to date. Oh well, uh, his name is Clark, and he lives at. We're doxing you now. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw out your address real quick. Okay. So, <laughs> so my memory is this. And so I must have been, and th- this happened early on where my parents were just basically trying to force a straight lifestyle on me, which is, is tough. So I am going to the theater and I'm watching Lion King for the first time. And so I go with a girlfriend and I am in the theater. I'm traumatized because spoilers, 
his dad dies. <laughs> Simba's dad dies. And so I'm sitting next to my, once again, air quotes, girlfriend. And my mother whispers to me, why don't you hold her hand? <laughs> oh, my God. No. And I will never forget that because I said to my mom, I looked her directly into my, from my gay face to her. And I said, I'm not ready for that. And how dare you? And I remember <laughs> that. I remember that back then. And she, and she like rolled her eyes. And, and that's how I learned to like, be like, oh, this is how you react to things. Well, this is, Carl, this is the I am Starfire experience that we're talking about. Well, I, I'm her goth child with no name because no one cares about her. You know what I mean? I am that person. But I, I felt so overwhelmed. And then from that point on, you know, like um, I, I was attracted to men. So your mom turned you gay. With yeah. So I would like to call your out. Your mom and Lion King. Simba, I'd like to call out Lucinda Simba. specifically for turning me gay. No, even then, back, I was literally seven at the time. And I was like, I am not into <laughs> women. But oh their clothes God. look nice. Anyway. Anyone else got a memory of a, a movie theater? Uh, I can go. Uh, my favorite memory is I went to a midnight showing of Jason X in oh like God. a packed group of people. I probably was like a little bit high and like people just lost their shit. This was like hey, everyone's you were high back then. You were a child. Everyone's screaming at the screen, everyone joking, ripping. Like, it was like, you know, the you always want those experiences for like mm -hmm. really bad movies, but yeah. like everyone in that theater was losing their shit and loving it. And it's like, you just, you don't like, you can't like that, that energy, there's usually like a one person or two people that might say something funny, but it's like, it was just like going to see a Rocky Horror Picture Show as thing where it's almost like we all knew what we were watching and everyone had these perfect jokes for perfect lines. Uh, and it is an awful movie, but boy, that will always sink in my mind as like one of my favorite experiences ever. Kaylin. Kaylin, tell us how movies started. Go. <laughs> well, it was a train coming right at you. Um, <laughs> but um, one of my favorite, I don't know if it's my favorite, favorite memory, but it's a favorite recent one is when we went to go see Black Panther. And it was a bunch of us um, and our friend Jason, Brent was there. Uh, and our friend Frankie, who is a, a very funny comedian. Uh, and uh, for the purpose Love. of the story, Fra Frankie is a uh, very boisterous African-American woman. And Brent is an Aryan poster child. Um, so <laughs> we were at the Georgetown Movie Theater and it's when movie theaters started moving to like the, the uh, reserved seats where you had to reserve your seats like on Fandango or whatever. And for some reason that night, it was like opening night or the next night, like people were just sitting wherever the fuck they wanted to. And um, Brent and Frankie were sitting next to each other and then they'd go up and uh, they see this like this couple uh, who are also African-American sitting there. And so Brent goes, uh, excuse me, um, uh, I think you might be in our seats. Like he was just like very meek about it. Like he didn't want to, yeah. and they, they weren't moving. And then Frankie's like, no, 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 no. I got this. Hey, y'all are in our motherfucking seats. You need to move. <laughs> and she got them to move. But then that couple went to like somebody else. It's like musical chairs. They went to somebody else's seat. And then, um, and then like finally, like five minutes into the movie, 
the projector stops, the manager comes in and says, there are people not sitting where they're supposed to be sitting and we are not gonna continue this movie until you are seated in the right place. So they went by every row and, um, and uh, they came to our row, we were, the, we were at the very back and they asked like which seats we're in. And so our friend Jason, also not a shrinking violet, screamed out, we're in G5 to G8. And I was like, we're in row H. We're in H5 to H8. And like, everybody just started fucking laughing in the movie theater. <laughs> it was such an absurd, it's just an absurd moment of like, people sit where you're supposed to fucking sit. And like, uh, people being like, not really sure, n- knowing what to do or having to deal with the situation. And like the fact that we may not have been able to see this monumental movie, it was just utterly bizarre. Like it was, it wasn't funny at the time, but in retrospect, it was fucking hilarious. Ryan. Uh, so your advice is uh, when you're watching the movies at home on HBO Max, sit in the seat that you were supposed to sit in. <laughs> I think that's a good lesson to go. go my, out. my other advice is bring Frankie French with you wherever you go. <laughs> I wish I she's could. Amazing. I love her. Yeah, she's amazing and she's funny. So wow. as a final thing, um, yes, please. very quickly, I I don't know why I watch it because I hate, hated the movie and I don't like Julia Roberts. Uh, I went to see Aaron Brockovich with some of my friends, probably the same girls I went to, and ugh, hated it. Anyway, there's a part where she gets oh, sassy God. with the man she's going to end up being with, and at, right after she meets him, he like walks away and suddenly like crumples to the ground. He's so in love. And so as soon as I walked out of the movie theater... I was walking and suddenly I did the same thing, like crumpled, smashed my head and got a concussion. So thank you, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, for my giving God. Me oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yike. Well, can't beat that. So anyways, that uh, Sparks got something. Uh, take her away. Whoever's closing this out. <laughs> Clark, that was, a, that was a really nice something because I yeah. really do miss going to the movies. You um, had something I and I didn't it. want to watch out. I wanted to hug it. Thank you, Clark. Oh. Well, uh, we've been Homo Superior. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Interact with us on Twitter at Homo Superior X, on Instagram at uh, uh, Homo Superior Podcast. We've got our Omega issue for Ten of Swords coming out soon, uh, as well as another regular episode coming out later this week. So stay tuned, and we love you. Bye. Bye.